Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Rabid Weasel Podcast, episode number 27, Cloverfield. Uh, I'm your host, Jared, big horror movie nerd, here as always with my brother, Justin, and my sister-in-law, Mia. Uh, Mia, how are you doing today? I am doing great. I'm excited to talk about Cloverfield because it was my pick. Yeah, so I should have... I should have introduced you last, so let's go back to Justin. <laughs> Justin, how are you doing today? I am quite good. I am hanging out at our childhood home this evening, as uh, you both of you can see, and just had some time with our parents, which was good fun, and uh, got my beer, and enjoying a late night here on the East Coast. Um, so I'm really looking forward to talking about Cloverfield as well. This is one that uh, I really enjoyed when I watched it uh, when it first came out and really enjoyed watching it again. So I'm looking forward to talking about it with you two. <laughs> Good. Yeah, you've been at the beach this week, so you just got back home. You're in uh, Georgia, our hometown. And Mia, I assume you're in Washington? Yeah, I am. De- I'm at home in Seattle. Mm. And I'm over in uh, Taiwan, as always. So we're coming from three very different parts of the world. So forgive us if there's a little bit of delay in the audio or anything <laughs> like that. Uh, we're having really, we have to work really hard to make this schedule work because we're in three different time zones. We're but, actually really uh, spread out too from the West Coast to the East Coast to Taiwan tonight is uh, even spread out by our usual means. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe if we had one person in Western Europe, that would really cover it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but uh Okay, let's jump into Cloverfield. Um, Mia, this was your pick. So why did you pick this movie? So I picked this movie because I had already seen this movie. And I remember, I'm a big fan of like found footage kind of type movies. And I remember seeing this movie and being like, oh my gosh, I really enjoyed it. And there's some cringe moments like in the movie that I was, I remembered that I really enjoyed. Um and when we were thinking we're making the list i was like i definitely want to get this one in there because it's a lot of fun and it's very not very traditional kind of i guess what horror movie by what i would think and i thought we'd really enjoy covering it so did you see this one when it first came out in theaters then yes and what did you think about it at the time did your have your opinions changed at all since then no no they haven't i really enjoyed it in the movie theaters and then watching it again i had it it, that was the last time i had seen it honestly watch it in movie theaters and then watching it again this time i was like still like it was still very intense for me when i was re-watching it okay so yeah i don't think i think i saw this movie I can't remember if I saw it in theaters or if I got it on DVD shortly after, but I saw it when it was still fairly new. And also, yeah, I don't think I had seen it since then, but it's a movie I'd always wanted to go back to. But uh, Justin, what about you? Did you see this one when it was new? Yeah, I uh, my memory is seeing it in theaters and um, it being really hyped and really excited for it. I never saw Blair Witch which was kind of the movie I'm sure we'll get to that kind of set off the uh, found footage, but I really like it as like an approach. Uh, There's a couple other horror movies that have this kind of vibe and 
uh, yeah, I remember watching it when it came out, liking it then, and I've uh, actually watched all the Cloverfield Universe movies, um, okay. as it were. Uh, so I, I really liked it when it came out. I've watched it maybe once or twice since then, um, and uh, yeah, rewatching it again, I actually rewatched it in the back of the car driving back with mom and dad today on my iPhone. And uh, I was cringing throughout <laughs> and then like tearing up at a couple places. So uh, yeah, I really enjoyed uh, rewatching. All right. Yeah. So you're actually more familiar with this than uh, maybe us two. Cause like I said, I haven't, I haven't seen it since it was new, but um, I, like I said, I, I think I saw it when it was still pretty new. I can't remember if I saw it in theaters or not, but uh, I do like the movie. Uh, I have some issues with it, but I'll get into that as we go along. Um, but for the most part, I do like it. But first, let's give a little bit of background. And Justin, let me make sure I heard you right. You said you've never seen The Blair Witch? I've still never seen The Blair Witch. Yep. We need to watch it. Yeah. yeah, yeah. That one's that one's on the list somewhere. So <laughs> Let's get All it right. on our list, man. Let's yeah, let's yeah. do it. All right. So anyways, a little background on Cloverfield, Many people probably are familiar with this one. It was kind of a big deal. Uh, it came out in 2008. Uh, it was directed by Matt Reeves, produced by J.J. Abrams, J.J. Abrams film. So you've probably heard of it. And I don't know if you guys uh, noticed this, but it was written by Drew Goddard, who was also the co-writer and director of Cabin in the Woods, a movie we've already talked about. Oh, I didn't know that's that. Cool. That's, that's cool. Yeah. I didn't think about it until I was, you know, looking up our notes here. And I, I remember when we were doing Cabin in the Woods, I looked up Drew Goddard and saw that. And then I remembered. So, hey, he's been involved in at least two good films. Thank you, <laughs> Drew Goddard. We yeah. salute you. <laughs> yeah. I haven't looked too much into the rest of his career, but hey, maybe I should check out more. So Cloverfield, as Justin mentioned, it was one of many, many found footage films that were made in the years after... Blair Witch made the idea popular and everybody, I had to resist the urge to go on a whole history lesson about uh, found footage films, but uh, I'll just say, remember Blair Witch was not the first one to do it. Everybody, it made it popular and it deserves a lot of credit, but uh, actually cannibal Holocaust was probably the first film to do the found footage thing. Have oh, you guys man, seen cannibal Holocaust? That. I haven't, but I remember your recounting it up, recounting it to me when we were younger uh, as maybe the movie that was the most disturbing one you had ever seen. Uh, yeah, so I think I've maybe we should watch times. it too. Mia, have you seen Cannibal Holocaust? <laughs> you know what? I have not seen it, but I think someone, I don't know if it was you that mentioned it. But I went and I YouTubed. Um, I think there's like clips of it or something like that. And but I have not seen it myself. It was definitely not Jared that mentioned it to you <laughs> because I don't. Yeah, know it, it, it has. So. I think the only. I, yeah, I I don't I I remember because you know I go and YouTube and Google everything. Yeah. <laughs> and, and so and so I was like, let me go check this out. And I think I like I watched like a clip of it or something like that. But it definitely must have been you. Yeah. And for the yeah. record, Mia also does that with movies she hasn't seen, and while yeah, the yeah. movie is underway, as it were. <laughs> right. Yeah. Mia is infamous for knowing spoilers <laughs> before she experiences the film. 
But uh, <laughs> not to get too far off topic, but uh, yeah, Cannibal Holocaust. There's a lot of movies I've been I'm sitting on for one day because yeah, it's going to be quite an quite an event when we get around to them. So, um, but anyways, back to Cloverfield. I, that whole tangent was just to say uh, Cannibal Holocaust. Whether you like that movie or not, uh, it was one of the innovators in the style of filmmaking. But um, so anyways, Cloverfield, back to Cloverfield. Um, this movie was cool for me and I was excited to hear when it was coming out because it's a giant monster movie, which has always been one of my favorite things, you know, kind of like Godzilla, of course, being the big one. Um, now, most giant monster movies, you're actually, they're more action-based really. Uh, so you're focusing on the monsters and the human characters are there. You know, they come up with plans on how to deal with the situation. You've got military people, scientists, and maybe someone caught in the middle. But very few giant monster movies really capture what it would be like to really be in the situation. You know, usually yeah. they just kind of forget. I mean, they ignored the people, you know, because they don't want you to be too, they don't want it to be too dark. Or if you do see people, they're just running away. Uh, mm -hmm. but this movie really is all about being trapped, you know, in that situation and what it would be like. It's all from the people's perspective. So it was a cool idea. Now, Hey Jared, can I ask you a question Yeah, as we get started? Sure. Does this count as a kaiju movie or does it need to be from, originate from like Japanese culture to be a kaiju movie? What, what are your thoughts on that? Uh, oh boy. I, I feel like. I can hear the internet already typing away to get ready to criticize <laughs> my answer here. Um, yeah, so I mean, it's, I would consider it a kaiju film. Kaiju just means like, uh, translated just means like giant, uh, well, kaiju itself just means strange beast. And usually we think wow. of giant monsters. Um, that would actually be daikaiju would be giant strange beast right so yeah i mean um I, I consider it a kaiju film for sure it's a little bit different maybe it's not a true kaiju film if it's not from japan but yeah definitely okay cool just just curious because you are the kaiju expert that i know so i was wondering what your take on it was <laughs> <laughs> yeah so i, I yeah, it's definitely considered one I, I don't think it has to be from japan to be considered a kaiju uh movie although maybe they still do it the best um, that's probably true so <laughs> going back to cloverfield um yeah at some point we'll have to get into the american godzilla movies versus japanese godzilla movies but stay focused jared um <laughs> we've got godzilla and i'm just bring up godzilla and i'm just off but um all right so the this movie, th there was a lot of marketing and definitely a lot of hype around this film. I mean, it's a J.J. Abrams film, like we already said. Do either of you have any memories of that? You know, the the trailers or anything like that? I do not. I can't remember. I, all I remember is that it was, like, strongly marketed and that it mm -hmm. wasn't clear what happens. Um, that's all that I remember um, from the marketing efforts, just that everyone knew about it because they went all in on the marketing and I went and saw it. So it was successful. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I don't remember too much about it either. I know if you look up this movie, it gets talked about a lot. There was a lot of like 
viral marketing and it was very vague. Like you didn't know what the movie was or what was happening in the movie and what was the big, what was the big event, what was happening in Cloverfield, you know? So there was a lot of, a lot that went in, into it, but yeah, I was just wondering if either of you remember that better than me. Cause I, I don't remember it that too much, but uh, I know it was a big thing. All right. So Let's jump right into it then, because there's a lot to go over here. We're just getting started. Um, all right, so we open with text that says this footage was retrieved from the area, area formerly known as Central Park in New York. So already you can piece together Central Park's gone, I guess. And <laughs> this is some sort of military archive thing. So that's a cool way to open, you know, kind of establishing, oh, this was recovered. The problem with that is it kind of suggests from the very beginning that, oh, nobody survives or either nobody survives or they lost their camera somewhere. So you, you kind of expect nothing good is going to happen to the main characters, right? <laughs> yeah, it definitely gives you that vibe from the very beginning. Um, yeah. But that's what, same thing with Blair Witch, you know, uh, we found this footage in the woods and now you can watch it. Um, but this movie starts off, and this is something I always remembered, and maybe it's why I haven't rewatched the movie in so long. I, I didn't hate it as much this time, but when I first saw this movie, I hated the first 20 minutes of this movie. Um, I know, okay, so basically we're just following them around. Um, and I'll give a basic plot summary of what happens the first 20 minutes because I'm not going to spend too much time on it. But they're going to a going away party for a guy named Rob. Now, Rob is moving to Japan to take a job as a vice president for a company or something. Uh, we also have Rob's brother, Jason. So Rob, Rob's brother, Jason, and Jason's girlfriend, Lily. Jason is supposed to film the party and record messages from everyone for Rob. Uh, but instead, he just passes the responsibility on to HUD, uh, who is even worse at holding a camera. Hold, HUD has never held a camera before. Um, <laughs> so HUD is also a jerk uh, because this is his buddy's going away party. But instead of taking the job seriously of filming everything, he just gets drunk and kind of like follows women around awkwardly. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Uh, and it's yeah. very cringeworthy. I like I really struggle sometimes with these scenes. <laughs> Um, yeah. And I'm like, I'm like, clinching and closing my eyes at different points. I finally had to take a couple deep breaths and like get over how HUD was behaving. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah. So <laughs> it's really awkward. Uh, we also learned that Rob has had some sort of affair or secret thing with a girl named Beth. Um, she comes to the party with a new boyfriend, which upsets Rob. So we also learned that the tape we are watching was recorded over a tape um, that Rob had made with him and Beth, kind of like their date, their day together, which, so we keep cutting back to that footage throughout the film, which that doesn't really make too much sense. I know like back when you were actual recording on actual tape, that could happen sometimes, but at this point, I think they're using digital, so it shouldn't work, but uh, don't don't dwell too much on that. Um, don't think HUD, too hard about it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, HUD finds out Rob and Beth about 
they had this date together and kind of slept together, had a, a fling or whatever for a little while, and literally goes around telling everyone. Oh my god! <laughs> uh, yeah. And did you know? Did you hear that they had sex? Did you hear that they slept together? Did you hear? That's did you hear? Literally, what he does. It's <laughs> no. he's kind of a cartoon character, but mm. I'll I'll get to my thoughts on HUD. Um, Rob and Beth. They get into an argument. Beth leaves the party, and we'll pause right there because that's the movie's about to really take off. But before I get into my thoughts on this opening scene, what did you guys think about the the first twenty minutes here before the action really starts? Did it bother you guys as much as it bothered me? <laughs> Mia, do you want this or should I go first? So I can go first. So sure. um, so when I. So I understand that they're supposed to kind of like build up the story about Beth and um, oh, what's his name? I forgot. Rob. 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 Beth and Rob. Yeah. Beth and Rob. How they are both really good friends from a really long time ago, and they had a one night stand, and you know, and they hung out together, and they are have feelings for each other, but can't tell. You know, your basic trope of you know, they can't tell each other how they feel. Blah blah. blah. And they're and he's going away and he's not getting the chance that he that he needs to tell her how he feels. But I really didn't feel uh, it does feel like filler or just getting to know the characters because I didn't have that like I didn't feel for them at you know towards the beginning because I know they're trying to build the story. Mm. But I, it just did feel like a lot of like chaos in when they're trying to build the story as quickly as possible so that they could move on to the next thing yeah there's i mean there are some important things set up here you know you have to pay attention because it sets up a lot of what happens in the plot but um it, well ju- can i Justin, tell you a contrary yeah, what, opinion yeah I'm yeah yeah, tell us what you thought. yeah i i actually like the setup i so there's pieces of it that are clearly like problematic and those types of things but i so i i it made me buy into the characters um which is something that we should talk a little bit about of course but i like i found beth and rob's like connection to be uh like endearing and the footage that keeps cutting back to their like day uh very kind of sweet and intimate and it kind of sets them up as like high school friends that have been friends forever. And then they have a night where they hook up and maybe they're going to fall in love, but he's leaving. And so, you know, it's, it's cliche uh, for sure, but I, you know, I like I like the setup. And then the party um, is <laughs> because HUD is so ridiculous. Um, it makes it a little, absurd but i also like kind of you learn a little bit about kind of lily and her uh her relationship with jason and her trying to be a good potential future sister-in-law and being part of the family and then that rob has these kind of this big group of friends that he's wrestling with leaving and so i found that stuff to be like kind of an interesting set i mean not interesting but i guess an endearing setup and then there were also parts of it too that um, made the characters like, I guess, not. Uh, they, they're certainly not heroes in any meaningful way, in my opinion. 
but kind of, I, I guess, um, common, I guess, or um, like, you know, there's a scene where when when Beth is leaving and she's leaving with her new two months after um, they're like the date on when they were having their kind of one night stand kind of thing. And it was just brutal, right? Rob, got, Rob says, I hope, you know, I hope you get lucky tonight, Travis. And I was like, oh, man, that is so like cringeworthy and terrible. Um, so, yeah, I think I, I found it kind of like a nice way to set up caring about the characters. Um, and I did find myself more more attached to the characters, I think, uh, than, it, than it seems like maybe a response you had to them. Yeah, so you you liked it a lot more than I did. And like I said, the second time watching the film, I didn't hate it as much, but I still was just like, uh, I don't know. I know the purpose is to suck you into the world and establish the characters. Uh, but to me, the characters are, at this point, they're not that interesting. And they're actually kind of annoying to me, particularly mm -hmm. Hunt, who all go on and on about as we go but uh <laughs> i just oh, at this point in the movie <laughs> at this point in the movie i just don't care about them or their lives or this party um and i, I was kind of confused because it starts off with a couple and we find out later that that's beth and rob and then it immediately goes to a different couple and i was confused the first time i saw it because i'm like wait a second that, that's mm. different people isn't it uh, and it took me a minute to realize that. Um, but, but Rob was fleeing to Japan, man. That is just, that's so right up your alley. I'm surprised that you didn't connect with Rob over this. I mean, is it because you didn't want to move to become a VP? Is that, is that the, is that why it didn't ring? <laughs> no, I, I don't know. I think it's just because uh, what story you do get, I think a lot of it is just ruined by HUD going around mm. being stupid. I'm like, God, please make this guy. <laughs> He's like, hey, I, I'm I'm filming stuff. You wanna you wanna say something? You wanna be my girlfriend? <laughs> or whatever. Um, but yeah, mostly just the first time I saw it, I really was like, okay, I don't care. Just uh, should, uh, should we introduce Marlena here too, as well as like one of the characters that we get a little bit at the beginning, and then Hud is being particularly creepy, and she like she sees that he's being creepy and trying to like flirt with her in a really like awkward and obnoxious way. Um, but she's, she's also introduced here and I kind of like her too. She's just kind of like, you know, fuck off, uh, leave me alone and is not taking any bullshit from HUD, uh, which uh, made me kind of like her from the beginning too. Yeah. I think you just did introduce Marlena. <laughs> um, Go me. <laughs> yeah so during the scene she's just uh and that kind of surprised me that she came back up later because it's just like one person that uh he's filming as he kind of goes around drunkenly but uh yeah so she's like one of the uh women that he annoys basically who's just kind of at the party because she's friends with uh lily i think yeah, yeah um, that's right at least that's what she says yeah yeah she barely even knows anybody so uh, but after the chaos uh, starts, she she ends up with the group. So yeah, that's the main characters. Rob, uh, who's the one fleeing or going to Japan. Uh, Beth is the girl he had a thing with, but they haven't sorted it out yet. Jason is his brother. 
Lily is Jason's girlfriend, and then HUD is the guy who has the camera. Um, you which, got it. Yeah, which again, it kind of throws you off because it starts off with, it starts off the very, very first part. So sometimes you have Rob filming uh, when it cuts back to old footage. It starts off with Jason filming, and then partway early on, he hands it off to HUD. So it kind of get confusing to keep track of everybody. But all right, we've already spent way more time on the intro than I wanted to. <laughs> so <laughs> where were we? Um, okay, so, so the, the big drama, explosion. Beth yeah. leaves. Yeah, Beth leaves and Rob's upset. So they have that moment where everyone goes outside to talk about the drama. It's um, uh, Rob and Rob, Jason and HUD are outside. But mm-hmm. okay, so first off, this is one of the problems with found footage movies is it's kind of hard to justify a lot of times why someone would keep filming the whole time. <laughs> yeah. um, so as they're having this whole moment where Rob's upset and his brother's talking to him and his brother's like, well, you know, you've been kind of stupid the way you've dealt with her. Hud is still just sitting there filming them. <laughs> <laughs> um, so you just have to accept, okay, Hud's going to be filming the whole time um you just gotta accept it which he kind of throws out later that he's he wants everyone to know you know all oh, this needs to be documented which makes sense but sometimes you think hey just just put the camera down <laughs> and right. shut up i mean hud, yeah. just shut up i mean <laughs> that's the main thing like there's so many my main problem with this movie uh there's so many points in this film where i'm like okay if he would just be quiet this would be so much better but we'll get to that Okay, so they're outside, they're talking about everything, and it happens very suddenly. So I like how it transitions just out of nowhere. There's like um, what, what seems like an earthquake, everything begins to shake, and all the electricity in New York just goes out. Um, but it comes back on pretty quickly. And when it does, there's news on the TV about an oil tanker sinking in the harbor. So everyone goes on the roof to look. Then there's a huge explosion in the city, and everyone runs outside into the streets okay so everyone's panicking and running around and we get to uh the first really cool moment of the movie mia do you know what i'm talking about the first thing that happens is it the decapitated lady liberty yes (laughs) decapitated lady liberty (laughs) (laughs) we hear this loud noise and something comes flying through the air and lands near them and it's the head of the Statue of Liberty. Uh, and it it's has really huge beautiful. claw marks on its face. Yeah, I think it's really well done. Um, mm-hmm. I, mean, I mean, destruction to the Statue of Liberty is kind of uh, maybe a little cliche, but it's done really well, I think. But before everyone can absorb that, we hear another loud noise. We see something huge move in the distance, and a skyscraper just collapses the whole building just collapses, sending a cloud of, you know, just dirt and debris rushing at the crowd. Uh, so they all run inside a store. And HUD finally gets kind of a good a good line here. It's kind of creepy with the way it's shot. He says, Rob, I saw it. It's alive. <laughs> it's alive. Yeah. I think that's a scene. I think that's a quote we've heard from another movie. Yeah. Um, that's, a that's zombie true. movie, maybe. Yeah. That's from Frankenstein. Ah, Frankenstein. Yeah. Ah, thank you. I couldn't remember where it's from. It's alive. Yeah. It's alive. But of course, you have a little bit of a problem with people in this movie just need to speak clearly 
Like, okay, you saw it. It's alive. Tell us what you saw. Just say, hey, everybody, it's a giant monster. Uh, but anyways, it works well in the moment. Uh, then there's another explosion that causes the windows just to just like implode uh, and knock everybody back. And as they are laying on the ground with the lights flashing on and off and dirt pouring into the room, we hear heavy footsteps and growls. So uh, giant monster. And I guess, you know, at this point, um, I don't think they even said it was a giant monster in the trailers for the film. I mean, maybe people could have worked it out, but so. But anyways, everyone goes back inside to see the city has, uh, back outside, excuse me, to see the city has quickly turned into like this hellish landscape. It looks pretty cool. You know, it looks like, I don't know, uh, like the city has been firebombed, basically. Everything's just been destroyed really quickly. You know, this is part two, Jared. One of the things that reminded me of is how close 2008 would have been to 2001. Um, and there's even a point uh, kind of early on where someone's like, is it another terrorist attack? And yeah. so like the hellish landscape in New York, I think would have struck people in 2008, maybe a little differently as well. Yeah, I was thinking about that too. I was, as I was watching it, even as I'm talking here, there's definitely, uh, you know, we're not too far removed um, from 9-11 at this point. So yeah, I'm sure uh, that was going through people's minds at the time. And, you know, for a while after 9-11, people really tried to avoid any imagery that would make people think about the event. So there was a lot of things like, uh, um, like the first Spider-Man movie where he goes to the, the World Trade Center or there's something happening with, you know, a building being destroyed and they wanted to avoid all that stuff. So now we're going to a horror movie where we can kind of address it, right? But yeah, yeah, yeah. you're definitely right. Um, so everyone's running around, like you said, panicking, trying to figure out what's going on. You hear people shouting, is it a terrorist attack? What's, you know, what is it? Um, and basically the decision is made like, hey, let's get the hell out of the city, which is, very smart move. Um, let's just <laughs> go away, as far away from whatever is happening over there. <laughs> uh, so for a while, we're just following, um, just to reestablish, Rob, Jason, Hud, Lily, and Marlena. And they're walking through the crowd. They're, walk they're following this huge crowd through the city. And I, I love this all this stuff here because we really get a sense of the destruction. You know, there's cars on fire, uh, paper falling down from the sky. Whenever there's something terrible that happens, there's just paper falling down everywhere. You know? <laughs> um, <laughs> anyways, so they make it to a bridge and Jason gets a call from Beth. Uh, it's kind of hard for the group to stick together because of all the moving people. So they kind of get separated. But we do overhear that Beth is stuck somewhere, unable to move. Now, Justin... Um, I'm going to turn it over to you because we get another cool scene. What tell us about what happens on the bridge. Yeah. So, you know, you think they're going to, uh, it sets it up like they're going to escape. They're going to make it across the Brooklyn bridge and it's just a mass of people. And as you said, Beth calls. And so Rob kind of pulls to the side and he's able to get Lily and Beth and Marlena's attention. And uh, so he's like, he's like, talking on the phone to Beth. He learns that she's stranded and they've got separated from Jason. 
and Jason's another, you know, 7,500 feet on the bridge and he climbs up actually and he's waving at them like kind of, what are y'all doing out there? What are y'all doing? And then out of nowhere, like a big freaking tail crushes the bridge right where Jason is. Um, and so Jason is, uh, is no more. Um, and it, uh, it's the first kind of real loss of one of the characters. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And bridge destruction is kind of a cliche in uh, action movies, but here I, I like how it's done because just, just suddenly you hear people screaming and this thing comes down as like a, a tail, maybe an arm or a tentacle, and it destroys the bridge right very close to the helm. Uh, so now with the bridge, as the bridge is collapsing, not only does it kill Jason and who knows how many other people, but the whole crowd has to like run away from the collapsing bridge. And again, you're right there with them. So um, now, but here we can talk about uh, a problem that some people had with the movie and the camera here is, I mean, obviously it's supposed to be handheld in a chaotic situation, but the camera is so shaky and chaotic throughout a lot of the film that a lot of people complained. Some people became nauseous or couldn't even finish the movie. Um, we'll start with you, Mia. Was that ever a problem for you watching this movie? Like, do you get uncomfortable or dizzy? No, I did not experience any motion sickness from watching the movie. <laughs> it didn't bother me. Yeah. Now, you said... a. a already forgot you you did not see it in the theater right Nia or did no you? I did I you did. did okay but so even then it didn't bother you no okay uh I, it didn't bother me either uh, what about you as far as being like physically uncomfortable no it didn't bother me but what about you Justin yeah I I didn't have that experience either now uh, I don't remember having that experience when I watched it the most recent time I was watching it on the smaller screen um it definitely jerks around a lot but it didn't make me dizzy, and it also really didn't feel out of place to me, uh, given kind of what it was trying to suck you into the moment. So I, I also did not have motion sickness and and felt it was an appropriate, you know, scene. Okay. Yeah, so none of us had that problem, but some people report that with these kinds of movies are very high, fast-paced action movies, where it's like, oh, I can't watch this. It's making me uncomfortable. But um, yeah, I... I I didn't get that either, but I do think the shakiness is a little over the top and distracting sometimes. I mean, yeah, it, it, it makes perfect sense, but just from the viewer's perspective, there are definitely times where you're like, ah, this is not necessarily the most fun thing to watch, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah. But anyways, back into the plot. Okay, so Jason is dead. Jason is just dead. Uh, now- Bye-bye. Bye-bye, Jason. <laughs> so we have who do we have here we have rob lily and marlena right and hud, and hud. Of yes. and hud. don't forget about <laughs> hud man <laughs> uh so everyone's just kind of in shock i mean jason rob jason was rob's brother and lily's girlfriend so of course they're in shock here and hud is just uh, this is where you really start to hate him um he's just being a, being annoying, saying things like, dude, are you okay? I'm sorry about your brother, but we have to get out of here. Mm-hmm. <laughs> what? Anyways, so <laughs> there's like a nearby electronic store. You see it's being looted. 
Um, now, suddenly Rob, who is almost, who's basically speechless, uh, he runs in with the group. Everyone's like, where are you going? We'll follow Rob into the store. So now, <laughs> conveniently, um, the store still has power somehow. Uh, so <laughs> this is, uh, it, it's pretty convenient. So we can see news on the TV and uh, HUD fault, uh, films the news on the TV. Now, Mia, do you remember what we see on the news TV here? Um, is this the part where you see the military? Um, they are like um, shooting at it and you get to see like maybe like a little bit of a glimpse as it's destroying the city. And then you kind of start seeing the little creatures fall off its back. Yeah, yeah, that's right. We see that the military has arrived and uh, you see a little bit of the monster. Um, I like the way they handle the monster. You, you gradually see more and more of it, um, but not too much. But yeah, you're right. The big thing here is that there are smaller monsters falling off the big monster. And these ones are maybe the size of like a big dog or a wolf, I guess. Mm -hmm. And they're like smaller versions of the big monster. So, uh, and this was, um, basically this whole thing was put in because if you're stuck with the characters the whole time, you can't have too much of them constantly interacting with the big monster. So we need smaller monsters to have, you know, more interaction with the people. Mm. Um, but yeah, they're, they're basically thought of, it's never really explained what these things are. So it feels a little out of place. I mean, I still like it. I've just kind of always thought of it as like, uh, you know, parasites that, fall off of it like uh you know so wild animals will sometimes have ticks mm. or that's a good way to put it like ticks and as mm -hmm. it walks around they just fall off and attack people so vicious ticks yeah. <laughs> mm -hmm. so we've got um big monster now we have little monsters running around the city too i say little but they're actually still you know about the size of a person um and so we realized that Rob went into the electronic store to get a battery for his phone because his phone died, which I think really, um, if you buy a new battery, they're not fully charged, I think. But but anyways, yeah. uh, <laughs> it works. Also, a handheld camera that lasts for two hours uh, while we're at it. <laughs> oh, yeah, a lot longer. I mean, this whole thing takes place over the course of about 12 hours, I think. Oh, or more. yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, so... Yeah, again, so, some things you just got to kind of roll with. So he gets the um, he gets the battery in his phone, and he manages to listen. He has a voicemail from Beth. So, again, we hear that Beth is stuck at her apartment. She can't move. So we don't know what's happened to her. But to make things worse, her apartment is deeper in the city. So we want to go this way, but Beth is back that way. <laughs> um, yeah. And Rob decides to go back for her. And of course, he tells her, hey, you guys need to go on. You go evacuate. I'll be, and no, we're going to stay with you. And yeah, anyways. But uh, so they're, they're like following him, trying to get him to evacuate with the rest of the group. So this sets up most of what you see in the movie because most people already like, they get out of the city really quickly. Um, but we've got to follow Rob back to go find Beth. So all right, it's time for what would you do? 
So, yeah. Uh, Mia, you first. Uh, you're, you are in Rob's situation. Do you go back and look for Beth? Or do you get out of the city and then try and tell someone about her and hope she made it out? No, is, is Beth Justin? <laughs> oh, gosh. I got is personal Beth all Justin? of a sudden. Yeah, if it's Justin, I'm definitely going back. <laughs> good. I, yeah, I, would, I hope you say that if it was Justin. What if it was just a guy you knew from when you were younger and you had a nice day together and you slept together and there's some drama? And I'm not married. <laughs> yeah, you're, you're not yeah. married. <laughs> Then maybe you leave Justin. Hope he's okay. <laughs> <laughs> so if it's uh, if okay, if we were like so, so I guess I put myself in rough shoes. We were really good friends for a really long time, and I felt like, like I wronged that person, and I'm in love with that person. Would I go back and help them out? I think yeah. I would because I feel like at that point they all kind of feel like they were fucked anyways, <laughs> yeah. and so. <laughs> yeah so you're like nah you know uh, you gotta in those moments you feel like you have to make those moments right for yourself and that person and so i think i would yeah i always say when this stuff like this happens you really don't know what you're going to do until you're in that situation but Mm -hmm. justin what would you do do you go back after yeah i mean you know i have a hero complex so no. of course I go back. <laughs> um, you don't yeah, I, mean, <laughs> I mean, I go back. Yeah, uh, I'm not, I don't think I recommend anyone else going back, but um, yeah, I definitely go back. And if I'm Rob, I definitely go back. And the reason is not out of like, uh, I mean, I don't want to give Rob too much credit. I'm not sure that it's out of love, but like his last words to her basically are i hope travis fucks you tonight um and so like the the guilt around that i think would uh, if you're rob i think that eats you up um so whether it's about love or not if if i'm rob i go back because i'm like oh yeah like this person that i care about um the last thing they're gonna remember about me is me telling them that i hope they get laid by someone else while i'm being an asshole and so I think I'm, if I'm Rob, um, maybe not from my own hero complex, but because uh, more guilt for how I just treated this person that I'm supposed to care about. And now the moment's calling me. Um, so I go back to, I think. Yeah, I think that's, that's right. That's a good explanation of Rob's motivations here. So I, it, I think this is done well. It would be easy to just, you know, a lot of times in horror movies, you'll say, oh, why are you doing that? That's stupid. But here it makes sense that you're, you're going back yeah. to find your friend, especially because it's not just, oh, we lost her. We need to go find her. It's the last thing we got from her is saying she's hurt and she can't move. So, exactly. so exactly. But yeah. So as we're going back, we're following Rob. Um, the monster appears up ahead of them and a rocket shoots over their head. <laughs> uh, so for a brief moment, this is a cool, another cool moment. Um, for all my criticisms, I really, once the movie gets started, I really liked most of it. But for a brief moment, they're like caught between the monster and the military. <laughs> oh, <laughs> On yeah. one side, they've got the monster, you know, stomping around. 
And on the other side, they've got tanks and soldiers with machine guns shooting over their heads. Um, <laughs> yeah, they pretty quickly get out of the way. Um, now here, again, HUD is still annoying. Uh, because despite the fact that the monster is right there and he says he wants to document everything, he's mostly just going back and forth between his friends and the military. Uh, but anyways, the, the point is to build up tension. But come on, come on, HUD, show what we want to see. <laughs> but we do get one cool, like very quick shot of the monster's face. Not enough to really process what it is or what you're seeing, but you're just like, whoa, monster mouth. Um, now so the group quickly they run down into a subway and again i have to point out even though it, it looks really cool that you know they're down in like a dark place throughout a lot of the movie the lights are flickering on and off with every you know crashing step of the monster and explosion there, there's no way the electricity in the city would still be on at this point half the city's destroyed uh, but yeah just roll with it and I mean, also, there's a giant monster that comes from, you know, who knows where, stomping around the city. So you got to suspend some realism. Yeah. Oh, I can believe giant monster, but I can't believe that the electric lines are still. <laughs> I love that. Yeah, for sure. Okay, but they're down in the subway. So Rob, um, Rob gets a This is one of the more emotional parts of the movie. Um, Rob gets a call from his mother, and he basically. First, he lies to her. He says, hey, we're being evacuated right now. Everything's going to be okay. He doesn't tell her, hey, we're going back to try and save Beth. Um, but it's kind of weird because he lies to her about that. But then he does tell her right away that Jason was killed on the bridge. Um, yeah, I have to say here, Jared, uh, I, I cried here. Uh, just uh -uh. so everyone knows, <laughs> I like turned up and cried because like him having to explain, you know, him having to share that with his mother, despite lying about them evacuating, which I guess he does out of kindness to her, but then does tell her her other son is dead. Uh, the thought of like the thought of that, um, uh, I guess the thought of me and you trying to escape the city <laughs> and then the big monster killing you and then me having to call mom and tell her and show the brave face that, yeah, we're escaping mom, but Jared's dead. Yeah. <laughs> um, was really, was, it really stuck with me actually. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I think it's just a good little dramatic moment that you can relate to. Um, but it's kind of, it's kind of awkward because um, I don't know. I, I can't remember if the camera cuts or if they just walk away but that's all you hear of that conversation. So I don't know, oh, did they talk more or? Yeah. The other thing going on here too, right, is uh, this is when Marlene has been bit, right? We've got- No, uh, no we're, we're not the there tunnel? yet. No, we're not there yet. Ah, oh, damn nope. it. Okay, sorry team, go ahead. Okay, we'll be there soon. Uh, <laughs> but uh, so along the way, they're kind of talking about uh, like I said, it's kind of that's dropped suddenly, and I was a little confused as to wait. So, um, that's one thing I forgot to mention earlier. One of my problems with the movie is that uh, the editing, where like sometimes the film will just skip a few second, a few minutes, or even like just a couple seconds ahead of time. Um, mm. So that was took me out of it because either 
HUD is like turning the camera on and off at really with really weird timing or the military who supposedly found the footage is edited all together in a weird way. Um, but they didn't edit the other stuff out. <laughs> like, yeah. Oh, so reasons, yeah. none of it, we're not really sure like, okay, is this all him turning the camera on and off or did someone cut random stuff out? Yeah. But anyways, um, that was distracting for me, but next thing they're walking through the subway um so they're going to follow the subway line to the next station and to get to beth uh they're talking about where the monster could come from so that's a fun dis discussion but it's mostly just hud still being annoying uh he won't shut up about a news story where a, a man was apparently setting homeless people on fire in the subways <laughs> uh and they're like telling him at this point they're on your side they're like trying to tell him to shut up but he won't He's like, I just can't stop thinking about how scary it would be if a flaming homeless man came running out of the dark right now. Sorry, I'm just saying. Shut this guy up, somebody. Uh, <laughs> at this point and in the movie, I remember thinking like, okay, does HUD actually live through this whole movie? Or hopefully at some point he dies and someone else picks up the camera. <laughs> <laughs> What were you going to say? <laughs> I like your, your disdain. Disdain for <laughs> Yeah. I actually like the levity. Uh, <laughs> uh, he, he was later on, he starts to grow on me, but at this point in the movie, I really want him to shut up. <laughs> yeah, you and the people he's with, if I remember as he's walking through, like the whole, like at least Marlena and Rob are like, shut up. And they turn around and look at him like, seriously, man? <laughs> yeah. um, oh, Justin, here's your cue. Uh, uh, yes. Do you like rats, Justin? Oh, uh, man. Well, I had a younger brother who liked to keep rats in the house. <laughs> and uh, so I've gotten a little used to them. But uh, yeah, rats running around my feet. Uh, and both that is really unsettling. But also, which the characters note too, what are they running from in the dark? Uh, which is kind of terrifying all on its own. So what happens here is that suddenly they're surrounded by rats. And, and here's something people take note. If you, This is a lesson to be learned from movies. If you ever see a whole bunch of animals and they're all running in one direction, you go in that direction. <laughs> yeah, run fast in the same direction. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so they they realize, which this is kind of a dumb moment. Like they even say, hey, what are they running from? But they're still standing there. Uh, they're attacked by um the, the smaller monsters that fell off the cloverfield monster and I, this is parasites. actually pretty cool yeah the parasites and this is done pretty cool because they like turn on the light on the camera and there's one of them just like crawling on the ceiling <laughs> mm -hmm. these things are very like the alien movies you know but um they're all attacked and they manage to you keep thinking like people are dead in this scene because they have like the things on top of them but they all kind of work together and fight off the monsters and they escape into another room, closing the door behind them. So after a, we kind of cut away to one of those earlier moments with Rob and Beth, and then when we come back, we see everybody recuperating. Everyone is pretty beat up and bloody, but Marlena, she got the worst of it. Um, oh, can I say here too, just from a character building thing that I liked here that, uh, as part of that scene, HUD almost dies. So you almost get your wish early on, Jared. Yeah. And But instead, Marlena comes to his rescue and uh, starts beating the little parasite on him, and she gets attacked. 
and gets a pretty good, uh, a pretty bad uh, bite um, as part of it. Yeah, that's right. There's a moment where uh, HUD's almost dead, but she comes back and saves him, and he's like thanking for her. He finally has a decent moment where he's like, hey, uh, th- thanks for saving me. <laughs> um, but she is, Marlena is really torn up. You know, the effects here is are, are very good. Her back is just has open gashes everywhere yeah so they're like okay well we can't go back to the subway let's go out through here and conveniently enough they've already made it to where they they need to be and they go out into they're like in a department store now there's some sort of really bright light that is up ahead they can't tell what it is uh marlena says she feels dizzy and she's looking kind of rough but while they're trying to convince her to take a ra- uh, take a rest a bunch of soldiers run up to them and they take them to like a kind of a makeshift military base mm-hmm. now a lot happens here really quickly so first there's an order for everybody to pack up and move out in 15 minutes the soldiers try to tell the group they have to get on a helicopter to evacuate but rob is refusing he's saying he's going to stand stay behind and he actually tells them like listen i'm gonna stay here i'm not going on the helicopter and you're gonna have to shoot me if you don't let me go so but before that can be resolved mia your turn do you remember what happens next yeah so marlena starts saying i don't feel so well and you have a very kind of crazy oh what what is what's a good movie that uh it's kind of where she's got blood coming out of her eyes and she just looks so unwell. And then they, you just hear all the doctors say, it's a bye, it's a bye. And they take her away. And they put her, take her behind a tent. And then you just see it go. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so you're not really sure what's going on. But um, also, I guess everyone's really busy. I'm kind of surprised they didn't notice she was bitten sooner. Uh, but anyways, yeah, she she's like, <laughs> She's really pale. She looks like she's been sick for a long time. Blood's like dripping out of her eyes and stuff. Um, someone says, like you said, oh, there, there's a bite. Hurry, get her into quarantine. And the camera is really chaotic. So you can't tell what's happening. Uh, you can miss it if you're not watching. But you can kind of see like her shadow inside of the tent. And then she just seems to explode. <laughs> so... <laughs> For some reason, these monsters, if they bite you, you explode. <laughs> uh, don't know I wonder why. If explain. I wonder, which we don't get enough to see, but I wonder if like the parasites implant parasites in the humans that they bite. And then like her exploding is a little parasite coming out of her. Mm. Yeah, kind of like an alien type thing. That yeah. could be it, but. Uh, it seems like she just actually blows up, <laughs> mm-hmm. but uh, mm-hmm. yeah, that's probably the most logical thing that something came out of her. But um, anyways, they're dragged away by a soldier. So Marlena's gone. Goodbye. Um, <laughs> it's kind of it kind of sucks because she was a cool character, but um, the soldier dragged them away and tell them there's nothing you can do. Um, and we don't really get much time to process that or to grieve her. Uh, so he's like, very quickly, look, I got to tell you a few things. I'm not going to force you to go to the evacuation point, okay? But you need to know the government has a plan 
what was it, Operation Hammer Down? I think Justin. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Hammer Down. I love that. Yeah. <laughs> uh, military names for things are so absurd sometimes. Uh, <laughs> but uh, yes, Hammer Down is what they went with, uh, which is great. Yeah. So Operation Hammer Down, I think it was called, which basically means we're going to nuke Manhattan. Uh, which is always a threat, you know, in giant monster movies. I will have to drop a nuke and to destroy the movie. Um, but yeah, the, he area, the area formerly known as Central Park, as it were. Yeah. So he tells them, look, you guys can go back if you really want to, but you need to know uh, we're not doing too good fighting the monster. And if we fail, the government's already told us they're going to nuke Manhattan. Um, so the last helicopter leaves at 6 a.m. Good luck. And yeah. uh so that gives us the ticking time clock thing. But of course, they all still go after Beth. Uh, but when they get to the apartment building, it's basically on the verge of collapsing. It's literally like leaning over against another building. There's another silly HUD moment here too, Jared, if I can point it out, which is the military guy says 0600. He doesn't mm-hmm. say 6 a.m. And they're going towards the apartment building and HUD says, uh, you know, when is it, when is it going to happen? And Rob's like, oh, 600. And HUD says, when is that? Oh, yeah. <laughs> and Rob goes, 6 a.m.? <laughs> yeah. Poor HUD. Right. <laughs> so, 6 a.m. Uh, <laughs> and also, HUD gets another moment. He says, finally does something, says something useful. Uh, because Beth lives up on a high floor, and they're probably not going to be able to get up to her. He suggests going up inside the other building and just crossing over. Okay, that's a smart plan. Uh, but then he's like, <laughs> he's mad that everyone listens to him. Um, <laughs> but they have to climb like 30 or 40 flights of stairs. Uh, you know, electricity still works, but the elevators don't work. Um, so and Rob breaks one of the cardinal rules of disasters. He tries all the elevators. <laughs> and yeah. I'm like, what are you doing? Can you not see the signs? You always run up the stairs in a disaster. You don't take the elevator, man. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I, I think, I mean, it's easy to forget things in the stress of the moment, but I think I would have, something my brain would have said, wait, you shouldn't take elevators when the, the building might <laughs> collapse. Uh, but anyways, they get to the top. Uh, <laughs> I feel sorry for them because that's that's a difficult climb, walking up all those stairs. Um, and there's a pretty cool scene here where they have to like climb out of the building and on top mm. of the other building that's leaning against them. And you can see the city and everything's tilted. Um, and they make their way to Beth's apartment. Actually, it doesn't take too long to get there. But um, all right, Justin, tell us what happens when they get to Beth's apartment. Man, talk about a cringeworthy moment. This is another one where I like... I kind of curled up in a ball as I was watching it. So, you know, they, they climb over the roof, which is a pretty cool scene, as you say, and they don't have to go down very far. And Rob is like, Beth, Beth, Beth. And he's running ahead of our trusty cameraman, Hud, who is in the back. And there's Beth. And she is pinned to the floor in her apartment with a kind of a steel rod through what looks like, you know, just below her collarbone. Um, And at first she's non-responsive. And so uh, Rob is like, Beth, Beth. And she finally wakes up and she's like, are you really here? And he's like, I'm really here. 
and they stare into one another's eyes longingly for a moment. And then they have to get her out. And the only way to get her out is to pull her off of the rod that is sticking through her chest. Um, And like, uh, thankfully maybe, HUD does not show us all of this. Uh, He goes to help her, uh, help Rob uh, and Lily pull her off of it. And so the camera's kind of falling down, but you can kind of see like her, you can kind of see Beth's kind of lower half and uh, they they pull her up off of it and she screams because, oh man, that has to be like akin to torture. And they get her up and um, she's able to, they're able to kind of start carrying her out. Um, but it is a, it's another moment where, um, you know, if you have feelings, uh, you cringe. Mm-hmm. So Mia, when you saw this, did you first think that Beth was dead? Um, well, I, I thought she could have been dead because, you know, all that work to get to her. And then you realize she's not dead. And then I agree with Justin. Oh my God, that moment always makes me cringe, regardless that I know now that I've seen it a few times and I know that it's coming. I, it's just her feet. I think they did such a good job just putting the camera towards like her bottom half and her feet tell you enough of the story. Oh. That, oh, that it's just like, no, 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 don't do it. You know, because yeah. it's like, oh, you know, that's got to be painful. Yeah, the first time I saw this, I thought, uh, I couldn't remember if she was alive or not since the last time I saw it, but I thought they were just going to get to the room to have her just be dead, <laughs> like a dark mm-hmm. moment. But uh, of course, she they she does come back to life. And yeah, th- this is pretty intense here because that metal pole, it's coming out of the ground and it's like a foot or something out of her. So they have to pull her up pretty high. Mm-hmm. Um yeah, it's 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 very uncomfortable. Um, yeah, but anyways, um, oh, there's actually a HUD moment here that <laughs> actually makes me laugh. Uh, so Beth, you know, presumably early on she was pinned to the ground. So for the first time, she is now seeing the movie, and uh, she yells, "What is that?" And HUD says, "Uh, it's a terrible thing. Let's go." <laughs> it's a terrible thing thing. uh the way he says it cracks me up but so now oh yeah so they take care of Beth. they they bandage up her wound um i'm not sure if she would still be conscious or not at this point but they leave with her and they have to get back across the rooftop again to the other building except now the you see the monsters approaching and the air force is shooting rockets over their head so it's even more intense uh (laughs) Uh, another funny moment. Rob has two in a row. They run into another one of the smaller, uh, excuse me, HUD is two in a row. So one of the little, the smaller monsters is in the other building and Rob like quickly bludgeons it to death. I think there's a, an axe or something, an emergency axe. And uh, again, Beth asks, what the hell was that? And HUD says, I don't know, something else also terrible. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. His, his delivery uh, with those two lines does crack me up. So TJ Miller has his moments, man. I'm telling you, TJ Miller has his moments. And I think I looked it up. We didn't mention that. This was his first acting role, I think, or his first big, big role. Oh, wow. Um, yeah, I, I think I said this film. to you before, Jared, but my rec- I, I had forgot this was TJ Miller. And my reference point for TJ Miller is Silicon Valley. And he plays the same kind of 
uh, oafish, obnoxious character in Silicon Valley. So I was, I, which is is kind of an also kind of an endearing character. Um, so I think that's part of the reason why I had a a, a more um, positive response to HUD early on because all I can think about is this character from Silicon Valley, whose whose name I cannot recall right now. Yeah. So at this point in the movie, he's starting to to grow on me. I mean, they tried to make him the comic relief, and it just didn't work for me throughout most of the movie up until this point. Um, but uh, <laughs> anyway, so they make it out. Uh, <laughs> I feel so bad for them because after all they've been through, they had to go up all those stairs, go get her and go down all the stairs again uh, with Beth, who poor girl had to go down all the stairs the huge hole in her shoulder so surprisingly i mean it's basically said that uh okay they even say at one point uh the, the helicopter's supposed to leave at six and it's six we're not there yet but they do get there in time the military hasn't gone yet so lily is put on a helicopter but there's no more room so they leave with her and they have to get on the next one all right now, Mia, we're back to you because you get to tell us about the helicopter ride. So you get to see. So at, at this moment, I'm like, oh, oh, no, Lily, you know, but so Lily, you, so, you don't see it. But I think at the end, she ends up being the only one that survives, right? Because <laughs> you don't ever yeah. really find out what happens to her. It's not clear. I mean, there's a there's a point where you see, I think, a helicopter come crashing down, but you don't know. It's not clear if it's hers or not. So mm-hmm. possibly she does survive. Yeah. Uh, so they get on the helicopter and they are watching the military kind of like fight the monster. And um, they think, you know, they're going to make it out. And, and then as the monster is falling and you see like a cloud of dust, he just kind of like shoots out and grabs the helicopter or, kinda, or like hits the helicopter. I can't remember. He grabs or hits it. And then you just see it started like spiral down and hits the ground and everybody kind of. And then I think you they you get a, a clip of them kind of like trying to get out of the helicopter. But they come down. They don't make it very far. Yeah. So that's a couple things to take away here. First, it's it's really cool because throughout most of the movie, you've seen the monster from more low angles, you know. Um, and mm. as the movie's going, we're kind of seeing it from higher and higher angles. We saw it from up on the building, and now we're seeing it from up above in the helicopter. And it's cool, you know, to get a good view of it going throughout the city, and they're dropping bombs on it. And, um, okay, so first off, I don't know what this helicopter pilot is doing. Like, dude, go around, you know? Oh, my gosh, I know. <laughs> but anyways, because he's, like, basically flying right over the monster. Um, but anyways, they they drop a bunch of uh, bombs or missiles or whatever on the monster, and there's a huge explosion. So we're supposed to think the monster's dead. Of course, anyone who's seen monster movies knows the monster isn't dead there. Um, but, yeah, it, like, leaps out of the smoke. Uh, I think it's, it's basically trying to bite them. You know, it's coming after them with uh, its mouth, but it doesn't completely grab them, but it does damage the helicopter enough that it like plummets toward the ground. So um, really that should be the end of the movie right there. Uh, the helicopter was really high in the air, hit by a monster. Everyone's dead, <laughs> but um, 
we cut to the camera on the ground still recording so <laughs> somehow the camera's even okay uh <laughs> but while everyone's on the ground unconscious we hear the military radio saying that the nuke is coming in 15 minutes basically so they're all still alive uh, at least the main characters we don't see uh, there was at least one other soldier flying the thing uh, we don't see them but um they have to pull rob out of the wreckage and like his foot was trapped or something and it's hurt his foot um and everybody starts to move but hud runs back to get the camera and suddenly the monster is over him this is kind of the jurassic park problem where you have a monster that's so big it like causes the ground to shake but somehow it can also sneak up on you <laughs> mm, yeah. uh, but anyways the monster is above him right and he freezes we finally get a good long close look for a few seconds at the monster before it leans down and bites him you know and lifts him up in the air and throws him back down uh so he falls back down to the ground and now hud is finally dead um with the camera beside him well, yeah, just, one thing to one thing to note here earlier on we didn't mention this but when the when they're first going through the city marlena ends up outside instead of in one of the little stores for them with them and she says once lily gets to her it was eating people. And one thing about this scene is that the monster just kind of throws HUD up in the air and then lets him fall. And I was kind of wondering, like, I mean, it's for the effect, of course, but I think the monster would have actually eaten HUD rather than just kind of dropping him on the ground. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, you're right. Um, I mean, it's possible it, like, bit him in two, I guess, and just the remaining half fell. I don't know. We don't really see oh. Yeah, but we only yeah, see his head, yeah, really, or the kind of the chest up area, yeah, good point. But yeah, it would have made more sense if, like, the camera had fallen and then we see it carrying his body away, because it is kind mm -hmm. of weird. Um, yeah, you're right, and I like that we we did kind of skip over that. There is a just a moment in the background. You pick up a lot in this movie from just people shouting in the back, and at one point someone does say that it's eating people. Um, yeah, it's Marlena. As Lily is comforting her, she's like, "That's right, it yeah, was eating yeah. people, it's eating people, <laughs> yeah." Which, yeah. Well, anyways, Hud, uh, Hud's dead, and bye bye, Hud. Jared yeah. got his wish; he's gone now. He did not finish <laughs> the movie. Just as he was growing <laughs> on me. Yeah. <laughs> if it was a slasher movie, he would have died a lot earlier. But oh, uh, <laughs> yeah, he'd been like the first one to go. <laughs> Anyway, so the camera fades out, and when it comes back, uh, Rob and Beth are running under a bridge with it, and they get under the bridge and kind of take cover. So we're almost at the end here. Rob turns the camera on, and I, I like this. This is another moment I really like. So we know what's coming, but they don't. Um, so he points the camera as, at himself and basically says his name. He says the name of all his friends that were killed. And they, he says, you know, just kind of expresses confusion. Like, I don't know what's going on. If you find this video, you'll probably know more than I do. And he tries to get uh, Beth to also film, you know, tell us, tell us your name. Is there anything you want to say? Because we might not make it out of this. And then they say, all right, well, we're just going to, wait here for this whole thing to be over and then the nuke goes off boom 
and burying them under rubble. And that's the last yeah, we see I, of them. But the movie ends with a last clip of earlier in the day with when Beth and Rob at the park with Beth saying she had a really good day. And then the movie ends. What were you going to say, Justin? Yeah, so there's two things I want to add here. One, earlier in the movie, the soldier that escorted them uh, said, if you can hear the blast sirens, um, you're too close. That's You're too close. And so you hear the blast sirens. So you know, I mean, we already know they're screwed, but you hear the blast sirens. And then, um, so then the blast comes and it all kind of goes black, but you can still, you see like rock falling on the camera. Um, and you hear Rob saying, look at me, look at me, Beth, look at me. And then the last thing you hear them say is you hear them say, I love you to one another. Uh, yeah. which was, was kind of a, an endearing moment before they're questionable. Yeah, it's a, it's a really nice moment. And, you know, from starting off at the beginning of the movie saying, I don't care about these characters and their drama. By the end, I'm invested in Beth and Rob, at least, you know. Mm-hmm. It's kind of a nice moment to have them together there at the end. But there's a few, there's actually something that I missed here both times I watched the movie uh, and you guys tell me if you missed it or not, but when it cuts to the footage from earlier of the day, if they're in like a Ferris wheel or something like that at the beach, when in the background, when the camera is facing the ocean, you can see something come down from the sky and crash into the ocean, suggesting the monster came from oh. outer space. Mia, did you catch that? I certainly did not. <laughs> oh, wow. Yeah. Um, I feel like people are going to make fun of us for that. But uh, everybody, when you first saw this movie, did you catch that? Because I did not the first time I saw it. And I also didn't catch it this time until I was like reading about the movie. It says, oh, you can see something crash into the ocean. It's kind of, I guess on like a bigger TV. If you're looking closely, you could see it. But watching this on my computer or maybe an older, lower quality TV, I I missed it both times. But yeah, you can definitely see something just uh, crash into the ocean. Justin, what about you? Did you catch it? I did not catch it either time, actually, uh, or any time. I, I didn't, I didn't catch that at all. So I, I was glad you, I'm glad you shared that because that's not. I didn't catch it any time I've seen it. Yeah, go back and watch the scene again when he's. Uh, I think it's pretty soon after he turns on the camera. It's facing towards the ocean, and you can see down in the corner something. It looks like a, a meteor, or whatever, crashes into the ocean. Um, yeah, so which I like that touch because. Uh, this movie doesn't explain really almost anything. Where did the monster come from? Was it from the bottom of the ocean? Was it an alien? And this suggests that um, it was an alien or at least maybe something from outer space crashing through the ocean, waking it up. Who knows? So that's Cloverfield. Anything else before we kind of wind up here to say about Cloverfield that we missed? Not for I- me. I just would say that I really liked it. Uh, again, um, watching it uh, another time, it's still characters ring with me, as I said earlier. I think that I like the kind of found footage thing. I like, you know, when it came out, um, there was, I had not seen a whole, I had not seen Blair Witch. Um, and so this is one of my first encounters with this style of movie. And I do think they brought it together into kind of a, 
a bit of a touching love story too at the end with how they bring it together and um so yeah i i i like how they pulled it together mia what did you say anything else to add no i i still enjoyed this movie uh, I enjoyed it the first time I watched it, and I enjoyed it rewatching it. And I was, even though you know, at the beginning, there's not a lot of like investment in the characters, and but you invest in their like whole experience. And I liked HUD. <laughs> <laughs> okay, that's fine. Yeah, that's why it's not just one person talking the whole time. You can get different, uh, different perspectives. Yeah. But yeah, I, I like the movie. Um, again, by the by the end of it, I definitely like the movie. And really, once it, the action starts, I like it from there on out. There's, I have some complaints, which I, I mentioned throughout the podcast. But for the most part, I like it. I would watch it again. It's it's a cool take on the giant monster, where it's a, actually more of a horror movie, whereas giant monster movies for a long time have been more action movies. It was a movie that came out at the right time. You know, this was just i mean blair witch had come out several years before but this was when the found footage thing was really taking off um paranormal activity was coming out around uh, like there was hype for that movie i think paranormal activity actually came out major release later um but yeah so around that same time uh you had just had the, the movie wreck the zombie found footage movie which we got to get to at some point so this was before the found footage thing had overstayed its welcome in a lot of people's mm-hmm. minds. Um, so yeah, I think it's a, it's a good movie. Check it out. Especially if you, if you like giant monsters, it's a giant monster movie. You'll probably like it, I think. But um, all right, here at the end, let's talk about there was so far, there have been two sequels. So let's talk about them quickly. Um, Tim Cloverfield Lane. Mia, have you seen that one? I have. Did you like it? Um, so I've only seen it once, and I, I, I believe I did, but it's the one where she's like locked in the in the um the bunker. Like the guy, yes, the guy in the bunker, and it's John Goodman, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, it's I, I can't remember too much about it, so I guess I, I didn't like it as much as I did Cloverfield, but I did watch it. <laughs> Yeah, I uh, I really like that movie. Uh, from what I remember, I've also only seen it one time. Um, my problem with it was that they made a movie that had nothing to do with Cloverfield, and they stuck the Cloverfield name on it and very loosely tied it together. Um, so if you're going into that movie expecting more Cloverfield, you don't get that. You know, if you're wanting more giant monsters, you're not really getting that. But uh, Justin, I know you told me earlier you saw Ten Cloverfield playing, right? I did. I, I have only seen it once as well, and I also liked it. Uh, I agree with you um, that this and the Cloverfield Paradox uh, are only loosely <laughs> tied to the Cloverfield universe, but the movie is a nice standalone movie, and um, John Goodman's freaking John Goodman. I mean, he's one of the greats, in, in my opinion, and I like what I like about it uh, spoiler, 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 spoiler. What I like about it is the way they tie it back to Cloverfield at the end when they escape only to learn that the whole world is falling apart. And so I like the way that it kind of, it you know, you, you're 
this woman's been in the bunker and she's trying to escape and then she does only to find that the world's falling apart anyways. Um, so I, I really enjoyed it. Yeah, yeah, that's, uh, you're right. I like that ending too, but it, it's not quite enough, you know, to have the Cloverfield name on it. You want a little more than just a, a little bit at the ending. Uh, that really uh, asks more questions than answers. But uh, yeah. yeah, I think we can all agree that was a pretty good movie. Now, Mia, did you see, okay, so there was, this one, 10 Cloverfield Lane, and then I think it was 2018, not too long, yeah, 2018, there was Cloverfield Paradox. Did you see that one, Mia? I did. I think I saw it with Justin, right? It's the one yep. where they're like in space. Okay, so let me say, I haven't seen this one yet, so this is one you guys have seen I haven't seen. So tell me what you think, Mia. Um... Do you remember? I, <laughs> I don't remember it honestly yeah. <laughs> i remember yeah. watching it with justin and that it was about space and i think daniel pearl was in it but i i can't remember it uh justin so what about you you're more you've become a lot uh really gotten into sci-fi lately did did you have an opinion on cloverfield paradox or do you even remember it <laughs> yeah so i had to go back and look up the plot so it's not super memorable um, but it also is very uh, tangentially tied to the Cloverfield universe. I mean, basically, they do the same thing that they do in 10 Cloverfield Lane, which is at the end, at the very end, they're like, oh, and by the way, characters get back and the world is fucked uh, <laughs> because there's some giant monster ravaging the world right now. Uh, the movie itself is, uh, it's, the idea is fun, and there are some good moments in the movie. Um, but, you know, as Mia mentioned, and as now I'm saying, it wasn't particularly memorable. Um, so I found it uh, kind of an, enjoy an enjoyable take on some kind of space time and time and space travel and how you might use energy in a way that could mess with the universe. And so just as like a thought experiment, I found that fun. Um, and then the twist at the end, of course, is that it's part of the Cloverfield universe. And uh, spoiler alert again, the people that do make it back to earth only make it back to find that the world is screwed. Um, so that's like, takes this movie where everyone's fighting to get back to the planet after it disappears as part of what happens to find out that earth is really screwed um so not memorable but i i did enjoy the film yeah so that one i haven't seen um because i didn't the response was mostly negative i didn't hear too many people saying good things about it and like you just said apparently they do that they do that same thing again where you're like okay well maybe this one will be more related to the first movie and it's really not uh i think jj abrams said though because of what you see in that movie that explains kind of what's happening in these other two, uh, like because of what they did with the science fiction stuff, that's what lets the monsters come. But yeah, I mean, the first movie is a giant monster movie. You want to see more of the giant monster. You want to learn more about it and you never really get that. So um, one, my, one complaint about the original movie is things aren't explained that much at all. And theoretically they would build it up more in the sequel. Um, but you don't quite get that. You want to know where did the monster come from? Is it, uh, you know, are there more like it? That kind of thing. So at some point we, it would be cool to get a proper sequel to the first film, which I read that there's talk about it, 
Um, but you know, you, you hear that a lot with movies. They're sometimes for years, they're talking about there will be a new one. <laughs> um, but we'll see. Okay, so with that, that's Cloverfield. Thanks for listening, everybody. Um, that one went a little long, but uh, our next episode is my choice, and we're actually going to do something a little different. We're going to watch a movie that, as of right now, none of us have seen. Um, I live in Taiwan, as people, if you've listened to a lot of the episodes know, or you know me, you know I live in Taiwan. And this is a Taiwanese horror movie from 2019. It's based off a video game. It's called Detention. Detention. Um, so it might be a little hard for everybody to find, but everybody, if you can, please watch that one, and we'll talk about it next time. All right, Sounds everybody. Good. Goodbye. See you next time. Goodbye. See you next time. Looking forward to the next one, man. Thanks for having us.